You know, essentially, it's really about creating a product, creating a visual for a potential buyer to say, this is where I see myself. And so if you as the seller or if you as the investor like the color red, and if that's not what the general marketplace likes, then we're going to go with what's going to sell the homes. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, the program that shines a spotlight on positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization in the city of brotherly love. Coming to you live from the G-Town Radio Studio on Maplewood Mall in Germantown. Here's your host, Alina DeLisser. Welcome to another episode of the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show. Today, we're going to be talking about design, interior design to be exact. And our guest today is one of the rising stars on the Philly interior design scene. Her name is Rashida Gray, and she's the founder of Gray Space Interior Design, a full-service firm focused on curating interiors that are contemporary, fresh, and rooted in style. From whole house renovations to one-room transformations, Rashida specializes in residential interior and boutique commercial projects throughout the Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Delaware metro area. So on today's show, Rashida's going to walk us through some of the key aspects of good interior design and particularly the importance of properly staging your home or property when it comes time to sell. Welcome to the show, Rashida. Thanks for having me. So times have really, really changed in real estate, probably probably in the last decade or so, where staging a property has become very widely accepted and expected. So it's gone from being something that you would only expect in a luxury million-dollar property for sale to now something that you'll see in an entry-level home for a first-time home buyer. So first, you know, can you explain to our audience exactly what is home staging? Sure. Um, so you're right. Staging just kind of um, originated a few decades ago. So it's a fairly new concept and it's becoming more and more of a commonplace thing for homes that are selling. So staging is really the process of preparing a home for sale. And it's really um, an art, a combination of art and the science of turning a seller's home into a product. And so staging you know, traditionally involves removing personal items. It's really about getting your personal home or getting the home that you are investing in ready to sell, making it a product. So why is it so effective? As you said, it's turning your home into a product. So it's almost like a, you know, like when you go to Nordstrom, it's, it's merchandise, right? Right, right? So why is it increasingly so important to put on that best face? Are there some stats around how much staged homes sell faster or sell at a higher price? Yeah, sure. So to your Nordstrom example, just imagine walking in Nordstrom and you see a shirt or a pair of pants on a rack. Uh, 
it looks great. But if you see it on a mannequin and the mannequin has a hat with it and, you know, nice boots, you're like, oh, I can see myself in that outfit. So that's the entire purpose of staging. You want your potential buyer to see themselves in that home. So that's why it's effective. There are some stats around staging. Um, I would say that traditionally speaking, we hear that staging sells homes. Well, one stat is when clients walk into a home, you have 10 seconds to make an impression. And so that's why staging is important. It really helps to do that. And traditionally speaking, homes that are staged spend 73% less time on the market um, than homes that aren't. And usually it's just easier to visualize for clients. So think of average time on the market is about 102 days without staging versus 45 days with oh, wow. staging. That's huge. So the other thing too that was really interesting is I was looking through some of the material that you sent to me as background information is that there is a difference between staging and interior design. Oh yeah. So can you explain what those differences are? Because I think people see them as interchangeable terms. Oh yeah, totally different. So much so that there is an entire industry separate from design for staging. And so I consider myself an interior designer first and then a stager or have the ability to stage. And so those are two separate industries. And here's why with interior design, you're really focused on personalizing a home and you are designing a space for a particular client. Um, So in our design process, we get to know the client really well. We'll like walk through their closet to see what colors they like. We'll ask them where they like to vacation. All of those things are important when thinking about designing the space. For staging, you know, essentially it's really about creating a product, creating a visual for a potential buyer to say, this is where I see myself. And so if you as the seller or if you as the investor like the color red, you know, and if that's not what the general marketplace likes, then we're going to go with what's going to sell the product. So what's going to sell the home. So yeah, that's the biggest, I guess, high level Mm -hmm, difference mm -hmm. for staging. You want everything really neutralized. Um, You want a few items that will really grab attention in photos. So maybe, you know, a striped rug or a fur blanket or a blue couch or something like that versus interior design. It's really about the homeowner the flow and function of the space and what's important to them. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to go a little bit deeper into some of those differences, but before we go, you know, too far down the rabbit hole, you have a very fascinating background and how you've come to be a businesswoman in interior design. Can you talk a little bit about your background, how you got interested in interior design? And I know that you have a corporate background with an MBA. How has having that business education helped you with this creative business that you're in right now? Yes. So I definitely do not come from a traditional interior designer background, but essentially I've always loved the idea of interior design. I just never knew you could make a career of it. And so it was like, uh, you know, I'll change my bedroom when I was younger every couple of months with whatever, you know, resources I had at that time. And uh, my dorm room was like always like tricked out. So, you know, it's always been there. Um, But I went to college and um, well, I went to high school at Central High School in Philly. And so, um, and then, you know, you just go to college after that. You select a major. I always knew I wanted to be in business. And so I just narrowed it down to marketing. And I thought that would be my creative outlet. So I ended up in marketing for insurance companies. That's not creative. Right? No, not at all. <laughs> Unless you work for Geico, but um, it's, it's, sort of, it's sort of creative. And so that was great. And I did that career for 15 years. 
but the bug was still there. You know, what else, what else, what else? And so I started to explore and the long story, the short story of the long story is I was selling my personal home. Uh, my husband and I we were selling our personal home and we were buying our third home, our, our home that we live in now. And the real estate agent came in and said, you need to stage your home. And I was like, what is staging? So I'm Googling what was staging me. And this was in 2015. <clears throat> so a couple of years ago. So I Googled, found out what staging was, did what I thought was staging. The real estate agent came back and said, oh my gosh, what did you do? This looks amazing. I was like, oh, thank you. Put our home on the market, tough market at that time, 2015, really tough market. And our home sold in three days. Wow. Three days. Was that here in Philadelphia or in the um, suburbs? Actually, it was in Chester. So that's a more difficult market to sell in. And we just thought we would have our house for a while, like, you know, prepare for the loan call on selling this one. It first person that saw it made an offer. Wow. They saw it um, the first day, came back a couple days later, made an offer. And so I was like, maybe there is still something there. Then fast forward to the new house, we started to renovate the new home. We knew we wanted a fixer upper because my husband and I are both kind of into this thing. And I fell in love with it in that process. I was like, okay, interior design is really a thing. I watched a ton of HGTV. I have undergrad degree in marketing. I have a master's degree and I've been been in corporate for 15 years. How do I live out my dream without sacrificing, you know, you know, way of life and that kind of thing. So built a business part-time while working full-time. And just six months ago, I went full-time in my business. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank wow. you. Wow. I didn't realize it was that recent. Yep. Six That's months incredible. ago. So uh, yeah, spent three and a half years doing both, which was exhausting, but well worth it because that way you're testing the waters, testing the market, building the product, building the client base before you kind of jump from the corporate right, ship. Right, right. That's great. And as with your business background, I mean, you know what it takes, you know what a P&L statement is, yeah, you know absolutely. the importance of you know knowing who your target market is and the importance of making money. I it's, always it's not say... Just, it's not a hobby. No, it's okay. not. I, you know, I would do this for free, sort of. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I always say I am an entrepreneur first. And then uh, an interior designer. Also, to add to my background, my husband and I are Jumpstart Germantown alums. Great. And so we have just sold our second flip property. Congratulations. And so now that's my side hustle. <laughs> so, yeah. That's positively I, brilliant. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. It's great because I, I think what it does for me as a stager is it brings a different perspective. So not only am I the interior designer who says you need $100 a square foot tile. No. It's like, what's the ROI on the property? Right. And what do we need to manage in terms of budget to make sure you get the biggest bang for your buck? So I think of all those things and kind of put my business hat first when staging for clients. That's fan- that's fantastic. So Rashida, let's walk through some of the do's and don'ts of staging. Um, I'll read a few of them and then you can tell us why it's a do or why it's a don't. You kind of alluded to this near the top of the conversation. Be neutral. Why yeah. is it important to be neutral with a staged property. Right. You just never know what color means to some folks. And it's so it's such a silly thing. But there are implications for color. For example, uh, let's see, red in a restaurant is pretty prevalent because it means hunger. Blue is calm. And so to avoid all those things and different cultures have different color meanings. 
And so to avoid all of that, and so that the client can see the property kind of bare bones as possible, neutralization is really important. Okay. But in the last couple of years, the idea of neut- neutral has started pulling more you know, like gray, gray palette. Yeah. And so is that, is that's that neutral. Still, yep. So great. Um, you know, I'm just happy. My last name is gray <laughs> right <Yeah>. now, <laughs> but I love gray just by chance, but yeah, it's the new neutral. I say it all the time. Um, it was beige, right. And beige is still around, but gray and, uh, that kind of color palette is where it is. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. So the other thing is, should you add personal touches like family photos and uh, personal mementos? I would say absolutely not. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, Explain. Big part of staging is taking those items away, unfortunately. And it's kind of difficult because let's say you're staging a home that's occupied. You know, they still the client still lives there. But it's just really important to make the new buyer feel like it's theirs and that they um, can walk into the space and just pack their bags and move in. And so, you know, having photos of your family and friends kind of deters them Even the dog? from that. Even the dog. You got to take away. The the take away. <laughs> yes. And just replace. I mean, pictures are nice. And I, I do use pictures in staging, but it's very general, like the Philadelphia skyline mm. or an abstract painting or something like that. So take away the personal photos and then just replace them with something pretty neutral. Okay. So what about moving furniture or, or photos or pictures to cover up property defects. That is it's, a don't. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just because when you go to inspection, it may be found there, or definitely when all the staging furniture is pulled out, it's going to be found. So, so don't, don't, it, don't yeah. be deceptive. Yeah, it's yeah. a little unethical. I wouldn't. What about, okay, so I have a five-bedroom house. Mm-hmm. Should I look to stage every single bedroom, the kitchen, living room, dining room? I mean, am I the entire house? That's a very good question. It depends. So back to this business hat. Who is your target market for this home? So you know there's certain areas in the city where you may be targeting you know, newly, like a new family, young children. And so in that case, maybe it's two children, two adults. So you would stage at least one of the bedrooms. Um, But let's say it's an area where there's a lot of single folks. I would stage a bedroom as an office. Or let's say it's an area where this might be a second home for someone um, and the children are out. So you don't have Mm. to stage. You just really need to stage the master bedroom and possibly a second bedroom, depending on the target market. Okay. So that second bedroom, like you said, could be the, the home office staged, yep. or it could be clearly the kids' room, right? And, and I say home office, not just as an example, but it's really been a trend the last few years that folks are working from home more and more. Mm-hmm. And so if they see, oh, I have a place, I don't even have to think about it. This is perfect. So um, that's definitely a, a idea that I use quite a bit in staging. Right, right. Okay. So, you know, one of the things is that there's a lot of, um, you know, cookie cutter, generic interior design staging out there, you know, and it seems like we talked about this a little bit already. There's one color palette or style that becomes all the rage. And then the consumer sees that in the market. How do you counteract counteract that? How do you work with your client to arrive at? So now we're kind of getting into the interior design, I guess, mm-hmm. that works. How do you interpret what the client says, what they want with what you know will be, you know, will be good? Right. And maybe maybe we're kind of veering more into the interior design conversation now. So, a little bit. Yeah. I, I joked earlier and said that um, I don't 
um, focus on too much what the seller or the investor or the homeowner says for selling, but that's not true. Um, they do know their product best. So, um, you know, you kind of get an idea of who the target market is and who, what their idea, their target is, um, for the project from the seller. And then you interpret that into what works best for design. So it's kind of merging the needs based from, based on the seller with our design expertise. Um, so yeah, it is a little bit of understanding what the seller needs, but it's really about using the tricks and tools that we know as stagers to sell the house. Mm -hmm. So one of the things, you know, you do have an actual process, right? So talk about how, um, your company, uh, listens to your clients to, particularly for clients that have never worked with an interior designer before. Mm -hmm. What are the steps? How, how do people, you know, engage with you. So I, I like that part of about how we manage our projects, whether it's design or staging. Um, we have a seven step process. The seven steps vary. You know, there's a different set of seven steps for design versus staging. But for staging, for an example, the seven steps involve a discovery call. So if you're interested in having a property stage, you would just reach out to us and we'll spend probably about five, maybe six, seven minutes on the phone getting to know the property, the address, what your goals are for staging, what's your timeline. And then we would either do a virtual consultation or in-person consultation um, so that we can then give you a quote. So the consultation is step two. Step three is the quote. And then step four is the plan. So I say, okay, thanks for all the information you've given me, seller. Here's what I'm imagining for your staging project. We're going to do two sofas, one chair. The sofa will be gray. We're going to do a piece of artwork. Here's the general look that we're thinking about. Is this a go? Once you approve the plan, then we go ahead and start install day. Um, So staging has a very quick turnaround time. Um, Traditionally speaking, from the discovery call to install day can be as quick as I would say a little over a week. It can be really quick. Um, and so while interior design from the beginning to the design plan or installation could be like six weeks. Um, so totally different process. Um, but that's because we're taking what we already have for staging, our current inventory, our access to um, rental companies, and just kind of moving those into place. It's as like opposed a template. To, yeah, it's a template as opposed to custom products that you might use for interior design, um, which takes a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're doing the install and then once the property is sold, we'll come and pick up the furniture. Um, So those are the seven steps, uh, call consultation, quote, the plan install day sold and furniture pickup. Okay. And that's it. So because the process for staging can move so quickly, um, is it okay if the client reaches out to you after they've listed the property? Oh yeah, that happens quite often. I don't recommend it, Okay, um, but it does happen. You know, as an investor, there's been points in the selling process where, you know, the property's been sitting for, you know, maybe three weeks. Okay. And at that point it starts to get a little stale. Oh, okay. And so you're like, what can I do? What can I do? Now for me, property is already staged, but there are investors that have called that said, you know, my property isn't moving. I'm looking into staging. So that's totally fine if it's already been on the market. Um, and then, you know, we would maybe collaborate with your real estate agent to determine if it needs to be relisted or, the pricing change or something to generate new interest now that we have stage furniture. Also, a value add as a part of our staging pre- package is actually um, professional photography. 
Oh, that's key. Yeah. So um, if you work with Grace Base on staging, we will have professional pictures taken of your property. Um, and so that way, if you have the property already on the market, you already invested in photos, now you're going to move forward with staging. Don't worry, we'll take care of the photos for you. So um, that helps as well. That's great. That's great. So one of the things, and you, you mentioned this a little bit before, that there are actually different levels of staging. So can you talk to us about what those are? So the occupied you know, the, oh, yeah. the, the occupied, vacant, and then virtual, right? Yeah. Can you explain what the, what those levels are? Sure. So, um, and the approach is different to all of those. So occupied staging, meaning there is an existing seller in the home. There's a homeowner that lives there. And so um, we would approach it a little differently. Um, maybe we're not using air mattresses for the staging in the bedroom. Maybe they're we're using their existing furniture to do that. Um, you know, maybe we are securing artwork to the wall a little bit more. Um, so just different approaches. Um, but if it's Occupy, we do have the ability to take some of the existing furniture of the seller and then incorporate that into the staging plan, which helps to lower the cost. Um, vacant, totally vacant staging is totally empty property. We bring in everything. Um, and so that's kind of usually what most of our projects are. And then lastly, virtual staging. Um, it's something that we don't offer currently, but I've seen it done and I think it's great. Um, that's essentially when you are taking a photo of a room and digitally adding furniture to the space. Um, and so it looks great. You just, I, I would caution real estate agents or sellers to just kind of mention that somewhere in the listing, um, because I've had some real estate friends, a real estate agent friends who said the client walked into the space and was like, wait, where's the furniture? Okay. Um, okay. so no surprises, right. you know, you want them that, um, to manage their expectations. So just kind of mention it, but I think it's a good option if you have, you know, not much of a budget to stage with. And that also sounds like something that'd be perfect for a rehabber or a developer who's in the process of doing the build out. Right. And doesn't want to lose any time. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's it's like, a great first step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. let, let me have a virtual tour yep. with that staged. That's right. Because we're still we're still 30 days away from being able to have people walk through or something. That's right. So, but I always say nothing beats a client walking into the home in that first 10 seconds and for them to be able to imagine themselves there right, with right. the furniture already in place. So, so does the staging eliminate the um, chocolate chip cookies and the <laughs> apple cider? <laughs> I, mean, I thought that was one of the realtor tricks. Is I to know. Have well, I think freshly baked cookies. You can have both. <laughs> um, I would say the the cookies and the apple cider maybe during like open house or something okay. like that. Um, <laughs> but on an everyday basis, you know, that's the cookies and the apple cider. The staging is when you're not having an open house and you're not there. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, so one of the other things too that I want to talk to you about, uh, going now firmly into the design category, interior design category. There's so many gurus and influencers everywhere, from HGTV to Instagram to YouTube. I mean, even Target, right? You go into Target and uh, there's interior design elements everywhere, right? So in a lot of ways, all of the all of this media and all these stores and different channels are making interior design more accessible. But on the other hand, isn't it kind of creating a more of a stubborn do-it-yourself streak among yeah. consumers who think, I, I can figure this out on my own? Right. How, does, how does that affect your work? On one hand, it's probably making it easier for you to initially get clients. But then when you do get clients, do you find that you're having to kind of re-educate people? Or, or I, I don't know. Yeah. People are stubborn. That's a know. really good question. 
Um, hmm, what's the best way to approach that? You're right. There is interior design is everywhere. And I might just be jaded because I watch it all the time, but um, it's everywhere. And I, I kind of look at it as there's three levels. There's the DIYers, there's DIY with some help, and then there's interior design. And so um, as a designer and as a businesswoman, I think it's smart for me to develop a product that caters to the DIYers who need some help. And so, I mean, Pinterest is huge, right? So that just tells you how big um, the DIY market is. So I would say um, we have three types of main services in interior design at Grayspace. One is full service design. 85% of our clients opt for that. That's when we go in and do everything from the design concept to executing and installing everything in place for you. And there's a big reveal day and everyone loves it. It's beautiful. But that comes with, you know, an investment. There's a price tag with that. Um, it's a full concierge service, like your hands off, you approve the design concept, but then you let us execute everything for you. So for someone who either is um, more interested in doing some of it themselves or doesn't want to invest that type of money, we have a e-design service. So e-design is when we'll develop the concept for you and then we'll hand you all the tools you need to execute it yourself. With a shopping list. Yes, okay. shopping list, um, you know, instructions on hang the curtains this high, this wide, um, click here to shop and buy, that simple. You know what, I'll let you do it. I'll yeah. Do it. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what happens. <laughs> Suddenly, it's like the air coming out of the balloon. That's what happens. Uh, you know what? I don't have the stamina. I tell people you, you, what it is, and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to do it and do it right. right. You do it. Um, so, but no, it's totally fine. Just because, add another zero, right? Right. Another <laughs> zero True. to, to <laughs> No, but, you know, so we do, like, I, what is it? Maybe 15% of our projects are e-design. Um, so it's an option for someone out there. And then we just have consulting. That's the third service. So let's say you're like, all right, I've done some work. I'm just stuck. I don't know what to do next. Or I just moved to my house and all I need is paint colors. If you just need like an hour by hour ad hoc advice, um, that's when we'll come in and just do a consultation with you. So yeah, there's three levels to cater to, like you said, um, the, I don't want to say saturation, but the accessibility of interior design out there. Right, yeah. right. So in terms of the, you know, working with clients, do you prefer working directly with the realtors or do you prefer working directly with the, with the homeowner? Um, I don't have a preference. You don't have a preference. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't have a preference. Um, I think it's a different process and a different approach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Especially when someone's selling their home, like a homeowner, you know, it could be a very emotional process. Yeah. Do you have any tips for, for, you know, going back to the staging idea, yeah. uh, particularly the, the senior homeowner, you know, there's an adult son or daughter who realizes, okay, mom or dad has got to sell this house. Yeah. You know, they can't, they can't live in this house any longer, but right. it's got 50 years of memories right. and, and clutter. Right. Actually. How do you navigate that when it's you're dealing tough. with, with some of these uh, mom and pops right. that have owned the property for decades. Yeah. You know, I always... And there's an outside relative who's saying, you know, right. we got to get we this staged. Get, yeah. So it's not exactly the homeowner. Right. I would um, try my best to narrow it down to one contact person. And so that son or daughter would be more ideal. And just, you know, the initial meeting would be with the homeowner, the son or daughter, all three of us, um, just so that they can feel like they're just so that they are a part of the process and all their thoughts and ideas and concerns are heard. But then moving forward, the main point of contact would be maybe the son or daughter mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. to make it a little bit, because there's so much emotionality tied to their things. 
And sometimes it's hard to separate. I need to sell this home versus, and I need to get the best dollar, the top exactly. dollar for exactly. it Exactly. versus, you know, this matters to me. We should keep it. So, right, yeah. Right. So what sort of price range would people be looking at to stage a traditional three bedroom house um, in this, in this market? Right. In- I would say generally speaking, and, and this is um, just kind of looking outside of my company, but other stagers in the mm-hmm. area as well, you would generally find the pricing to be about um, anywhere between 2500 to 3500 for um, four rooms in a house. So oh, living excellent. room, dining yeah. room, kitchen area, and bedroom. So the entire first floor and then one bedroom. Um, and it, that really breaks down, you know, you hear 2500 3500 But what that really breaks down to is 250 per room per month. That's excellent. I mean, because I'm thinking of million-dollar listing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a <laughs> different Steve level. Gold, Steve Gold talking about how you spent $60,000 on oh, staging. Oh, my goodness. But he, his whole thing was like, oh, I'm going to sell this place for oh, $5 yeah. million. Dollars, well, that's so. right. right. What percentage of the <laughs> right. budget is that? Like 1%? I don't know right. if I did the yeah. math right. right. But like, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, I guess in our case, you know, if an average listing is 250. 250 it's about 1%. Okay. One, 1 to 5% of the budget. And it, and it cannot be underestimated this whole idea that having the pro- the property properly staged it goes it goes on the MLS right and then by that weekend yep you've got a signed contract yeah, that's versus, insane versus somebody else on the same street and yep. it's 30 days and they haven't had a single offer and you know I'm going to put on my investor hat it's, for it's a second it. it's worth it not just let me get an offer quicker but you are saving money on holding costs Exactly. You Amen. know, um, if you have a loan or um, some sort of um, mortgage on the property, utilities, yep. taxes, Pro- yes. insurance, yes. all those things um, you could potentially lower with staging a property yes. because you're selling it so much faster. Yes. Yeah. My mom used to say, don't be penny wise and pound foolish. That's very true. You I know? love that. So, I wow. love that. Wow. So, you know, you have, I was looking at some of your social media and um, house.com is this great site and you have fully maximized your, your social media presence on there. There was one client that you had the bachelor pad oh, yeah. at Ardmore. Uh-huh. Um, that looked like it was a fun project. Can you tell everybody about that with yeah. his sneaker collection? Oh, so that's a good example of getting to know the client and then executing that in the design. Um, so this client, he's like, listen, I really like black, gold, and um, white, but I'm also a sneakerhead, and I need some place to put all my sneakers, and I need an office space. So that was a three-bedroom home, um, but he's a bachelor. So we use one of the bedrooms as um, his office where he can also admire his sneaker collection. <laughs> um, so we, you know, it's so crazy. I love um, how that project came out, but those shelves are from Ikea. They are very inexpensive shelves. Um, and so we just put lighting above it to make it look like a sneaker store. Okay, yeah, lighting yeah. is so important in design. Um, yeah, so it was really about figuring it, out. It, it looked like art. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't look like a sneaker store. Yeah. It, looked, it looked like pieces of art, I the was way it was displayed. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, he had, <laughs> he had, I don't know, maybe like 20 more pairs of sneakers. So I was very intentional about selecting the right, ones that would look right. nice on the shelf. Um, but he loved it. He was like, I would have never thought to have my sneakers displayed that way. Um, and for someone that, you know, that's what he likes to spend his money on. It's, you know, and and it could be anything. It could be, everyone has, I think, a knack for collecting something. 
whatever it is. And so we asked that, you know, what do you collect and how can we incorporate that in your home? So it's really, it was a very personal project for that client. So that's a really good example too, that because when it came to the interior design, it was very, very important to reflect this guy's interests, his passions, and it's definitely quirky. It's definitely a unique hobby that he has. Right. And when you walk into the space, you know right off, I mean, it says so much about this guy. Yeah. And how he values the, you know, the sneakers. Right. But come time to sell the property that's that, out of here that room's gonna get <laughs> that room's gonna get sneaker wall is down or maybe the shelves stay and we put some books on it i don't know something that's more generic more conventional mm-hmm. right that's fascinating yeah um any other projects that you've done recently that really kind of are I mean, i'm sure all of them are your favorites but ones that kind of stick out as a, a, a huge design challenge or having to get over some resistance with the client to to to, to the approach a certain way oh. from, a, from a design standpoint yeah um <clears throat> we just wrapped up a project in uh fishtown and so you know there's a lot of development happening in philadelphia and um this was a newly constructed home and it's four stories it's super it's narrow and oh. um but it's beautiful and lots of windows and lots of light um, and the client is a minimalist. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, I generally speaking design on a minimal scale. I don't like a ton mm-hmm. of clutter. Um, but this client is like minimalist extreme. And so I was like, we have to put up drapery and curtains. And they're like, no, no curtains. <laughs> and so we kind of had uh, that. So the compromise with the curtains, just to be specific, was, okay, we'll do sheer drapery panels that are very narrow just because I feel like curtains are like eyebrows on your face. Okay. <laughs> like you cannot have, not have eyebrows. Okay. You need okay. to have a, well, it depends on the space. Right. Um, so yeah, it was a really cool project. We did the living room, bedroom, um, and we're finishing up the dining room area and the entry area. Um, and the client is just like, I want my house to feel like a home. Um, here's what our style is. We're very rooted in that. Um, and we need you to kind of bring everything together. And so the one of the f- best parts of that project was um, being able to build two custom accent walls. And so I recently highlighted the accent walls on Good Day Philadelphia. And one of them was, it's not a wall, it was a fireplace. So our carpenter built a fireplace from the ground up. Um, and it's an electric fireplace with concrete tile and it's huge and it just gives the room so much character because, you know, a lot of new construction is like build a great, well, I don't say this home is build a great, but just kind of, um, a box and yeah, you have to sterile. add your personality yeah. to it. So this fireplace totally did that and it's function in the space as well, because now you have another heating source. And then on the, um, bedroom, the master bedroom, we created this totally custom, wall out of um wood uh, strips and so the client was like I want you know they reached out to me because I did this for another project and they're like I want the same thing but totally different and so (laughs) we drew up a diagonal wall and had the carpenter install it and again they're minimalist so it's in white but it just looks really cool so I just love when we get the opportunity to create something custom for a client that you haven't seen anywhere else that's totally reflective of their personality. Right, right. Well, I imagine it's it's quite a dance and quite a science to the whole thing because they hired you because they liked your previous work. Yeah. And something was resonating with them. Right. But then they come and say, well, I want that, but different. Right, 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 right. (laughs) 
and uh, and I want you, but your 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 design style is different from what my I mind. Know. Right. You know, so I, I like so, your design style, right. but I also want to make sure you capture who I am. Right. It right. is a dance. It takes um. You know, we spend quite a bit of time before we even put pen to paper to design something to get to know the client. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but sometimes if I have access to their social media, I'll like stalk their social media um, just so I can learn like where do they like to travel? What do they like to do? Um, You know, how can we incorporate what colors are in all their photos? Like how can we incorporate this into their home? So it is, I always say interior design is also like being a therapist because it sounds like it. (laughs) You just got to like interpret, even if the person doesn't know, interpret who they are. Um, and make sure that that shines in their space. Um, I had a client, a husband and wife, two totally different styles um, in Jenkintown. The husband was very like contemporary and modern and the wife is like bohemian and like natural. And I'm like, oh crap, how do you blend those two things? But we did it and it worked out and they both love and their Airbnb host and they're oh. super host now on Airbnb. Wait, I think there's another level above super host. Whatever the next level is, they are. And um, they just love their home and they love entertaining. So it is definitely a dance um, and it takes some time to get to know the client. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Rashida, talk to a little bit about why you enjoy what you're doing right now. Um, what is it about interior design? So, um, you know, I don't get too deep, but interior design for me is more than just a job or something pretty to do. It's really, I think it's my ministry. I think it's my life's calling. Um, I use design in a way to impact people's lives positively. Um, and so I believe we spend so much time in our homes. I believe that interior design transforms or impacts your life in a way um, that you, um, you know, maybe didn't even realize, you know, if you're spending so much time in your home and you walk into your home and it's the way that you want, it just raises your spirits. It inspires you. And so that's why it's important to me because I really think we're impacting people's lives. Um, and their um, what's the word? Um, like their way of living Mm -hmm. moving forward. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. So Rashida, um, where, where would you like things to go? Where do you see your business growing? Uh, you know, three years from now, where do you see a gray space interior? Um, so what's on the horizon? (laughs) Um, you know, just, um, more custom projects and, and larger projects. So right now we have, uh, we, we are growing. I mean, talk about leap of faith and, um, you know, since I've left my corporate job, we have doubled our inventory. So right now we have 10 projects going on. Um, I just hired on a new part-time person. Um, so there's a team of three and then we have contractors and subcontractors that we work with. Um, so I just foresee Gray Space continuing to grow. I believe Gray Space is bigger than Rashida. I believe it's a brand. And so one day, speak it into existence. If we have product lines of home goods or linens or things like that, like and, Joanna and Target, yeah. mm-hmm. something like yeah, that. Who knows? Um, television is always something I enjoy as well. Um, so I, I do think, you know, I, I believe that I my personality lends itself to say that interior design is accessible. Um, it's not this like snooty hoity toity thing that no one can attain. Um, and so it's just, it's an investment, 
but it's something that, you know, with some investment that every homeowner can have. And so, yeah, that's why I see Gray Space just kind of continue to grow um, and build and become more and more of a brand. Well, you're off to an awesome start. Thank it's you. Been fabulous. So, well, this has been great. We've been talking to Rashida Gray of Gray Space Interior Design. Uh, Rashida, where can people find you online if they want to see samples of your work or if they want to contact you to hire yeah. you? Um, so our website, website is graspaceinteriordesign.com graspaceinteriordesign.com and then all of our social media channels are that as well we're most most active on instagram so grayspace interior design on instagram um and twitter and pinterest and, and house, house. Yeah. and um am i missing one facebook as well so yeah grayspace interior design across all the boards who's handling your social media are me you, oh my god that's i a have full, a marketing background that's a full-time job <laughs> i actually enjoy it okay i don't enjoy doing um autocad renderings and drawings okay you know as a business person you have to learn to delegate and figure out what your superpowers are and then delegate to others and so i love marketing and I mostly handle it. We'll see how that goes in the future. But um, and then, you know, I hire out or have employees that do other three things really well. So, okay, great. Yeah. It's been great talking to you. Thank you so Same much for here. coming in. And so, folks, you've been listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show. Thank you for listening and checking out the show. And remember, you can always find past episodes of the of this show as a podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.